2: Go to TireRack.com slash sports. That's TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. That's TireRack.com, TireRack.com, TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be.
0: The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn.
2: Things that didn't happen to me when I was single. Driving into work tonight, you and I both driving past our building here on Sepulveda Ventura in Los Angeles. There
3: you go. Just pinpoint exactly where you are for all the people that don't like your hot takes.
2: Well, there's a big sign that says Fox Sports Radio. Yeah, but they'd really at least have it. to
3: drive around. Now they can just put it in the navigation. Before, it was at least a little bit of guesswork.
2: And on the corner,
3: on the corner, there's
2: two groups of extremely attractive women Uh With signs that say free hugs, they're doing, you know, they want to come out and do a little the world is good type thing. And that's it's awesome. And they're all really attractive. You don't say. The most attractive one (laughs) says, hey, come on out of your car. I'll give you a free hug. Did you jump out of your car? I'm in my car driving. No, I had to make a turn because of the right. The, the, See, it was the too dark by the time the I got here.
3: It was too dark here, so I couldn't under, <laughs> I couldn't make out what the the sign was or what I thought it was a protest no, or, no, or what no. was going on. No,
2: they were do, you know doing a hey, let's spread some love in the world. You I know? failed. I should have gone out and spread some love. Big sign to say free hugs. She, but I but there was a the right hand turn signal went. I had to turn. It's a very busy intersection. I want to and kiss I'm, you. I think people would have
3: understood. And I'm pulling into the
2: to the to the garage, and I go, this never happened to me when I was single. Never. It just happened to me now. When I have to get to work, and of course I got people behind me pulling up. It happens you to me. You could have now. parked
3: and gone and got your hug. Uh, it would have been, no. Because it would have put you in a good mood for the rest of the night? No,
2: then it would have been awkward. It wouldn't have been a spur of the moment thing. It would have seemed creepy and planned out. No.
3: Hey, great. It's one of those I random. Think, I
2: think they would have understood. It's one of those random acts of kindness things that everybody.
3: That, that it's was still going random. It, well, yeah, It Yeah. But it was just delayed gratification. Oh, uh, then. Uh, I was. That's single, a perfect sound. I was single,
2: maybe, but like I said, it didn't happen to me when I was single. Yeah, but you could have gone and
3: been an investigative reporter and been like, "What's it all about, Jason?" If that had happened to you when you were single back in the day, you'd have no hats left. Ah. You would you would have had to buy like nine. I you get, get a hat. hat and you get been been a hat. i away all my hats. i away all my hat, 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 hat for you. Hat for you. Hat for you. Why does he wear 14 hats? Well, <laughs> he gives them out with great frequency
2: <laughs> Can I just walk with you? I mean, really, just signs to say, "I'm like that's like." It's, I, I, it was so... I was, I, you're all I mean, discombobulated. It's something that you never think happens in real
3: life, and it did. I'm it's like, a wonderful thing. Free hugs. I don't get it. I, yeah, I, I couldn't make out what was going on, and it. I got a green arrow immediately. You, so keep, I was saying just, make out. you keep
2: saying make out. There was no making out. Nobody made and out. And now they're banging each do, other.
3: Whoa, whoa, whoa. It was just free hugs. It was just free hugs. Random acts of kindness. You don't know that it wouldn't have become a slide over baby moment. <laughs> I mean, the kid... Still has skin. <laughs> yeah, I walk out of the car with a bottle of champagne and two glasses. Why not?
2: Here, wait, wait. I got a bearskin rug. I'm gonna lay out on the on the concrete.
3: Well, now, now you're talking about just being prepared for quality random acts of kindness. Help me. No, you're this, uh... going out there extolling the virtues and creating moments of kindness of your own i got a portable fireplace here to help me out with this it's really oh, nicely roaring, done right out of the back little seat of the propane car. tank go yeah. with that i like that
2: didn't happen when i was single never happened when i was single that no, happens now hey you you married with the kid it really in it, 40s? Was, yeah, it was, it was yeah, a hug you know, buddy this is
0: for you
3: hey i'm it's the kid i give the hugs i'm the
0: <laughs> hey listen this is my car okay Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
2: The Yankees lose to the Red Sox 5-4. The Red Sox move on 4-3. The Red Sox move on to the ALCS where they will take on the Astros. The Yankees go home and have to answer a whole bunch of questions in the offseason. Yankee fans in order will blame Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Boone, and then Odell Beckham. In You're just gonna order, get him
3: on the metal stand yeah. just because. In order for this series loss, don't you want to get Angel Hernandez in there before Odell?
2: Uh, yeah, but the thing is, Angel Hernandez was bad for both.
3: Teams. Yeah, but he's like a boogeyman that you could just. Uh, sure.
2: Uh, yeah. You could just say it's his fault. Yeah, it was Angel Hernandez's fault. He, he, he squeezed Cece. You uh, see what he did to Cece. You know. Because- Nobody does that to CeCe. That guy's a rat. We got to kick CeCe out the door because he sucks. So this is where the Yankees will place their blame. And Giancarlo Stanton, right or wrong, his legacy for the Yankees has been written. Barring a postseason saving of the Yankees or a clutch hit that wins a divisional title, that wins the ALCS. Because his failures for the Yankees in this series against the Red Sox were so pronounced because it was the Red Sox, because it was such high-profile situations. We talked about him striking out with the bases loaded, nobody out in game one against the Red Sox. When the Yankees were down 5-2, that, to me, that was the biggest at-bat up until his last at-bat because this was, hey, he's really got a chance. The $30 million man that the Yankees went out to get he, this was his chance. He strikes uh, out sure, with Yankee, the bases loaded. Yeah,
3: Yankee fans got all excited on Twitter that with two runners on, this was going to be the redemption. He was going to hit that game-winning home run and life would be good. You know, And, and everything would be righted. But <laughs> to go back to game one before we get to
2: tonight is that that was the first, okay, Stanton's got to come through in that. That was where, okay, all his goodwill has been washed away. He's got to come through there. And then tonight, in the ninth inning of a game where it looked like the Red Sox were going to cruise, Craig Kimbrell comes in and just doesn't have it. He doesn't have it. He walks Aaron Judge, Didi Gregorius singles to right field, and now Yankee Stadium is alive. Runners at first and second, nobody out. They're down three, and here comes Jen Carlos Stanton. Every Yankee fan in my timeline, the Yankee fans who had quit two innings before and were saying, oh, you know, losing to Boston, they were the better team, they have better pitching. They had all given up. Every Yankee fan had given up. Oh, but now, but now they're all coming back because now it's 4-1, and they got two runners on in the ninth inning. This was the time. This was it. This was Giancarlo Stanton is being paid $30 million for this at bat, and this is how it turned out.
0: Again, it'll be a 1-2.
4: Pitch. Struck him out swinging. A slider down and away. And with one down, near here is Luke Voigt.
2: Giancarlo couldn't hit the slider, oh. and he struck out, oh. And the Yankees' season is over, oh.
3: He was goes four of, of 18 in the series. Zero extra base hits, zero RBI, six strikeouts, two runs, scores. Most importantly, because of what we'd seen all season long. Poop fest. The three-outcome world. He didn't hit any home runs. He also did not walk. This at-bat, this is what shocks me and was so
2: bad about his at-bat, is that it was non-competitive. The first pitch Kimbrel threw was in the dirt off the plate and Stanton still swung. Like, he he made it – well,
3: the first pitch was the meatball, the best pitch he saw that he didn't swing at. Well, because he hadn't hadn't thrown a pitch anywhere near the strike zone. So (laughs) so you put the bat on your shoulder going, all right, let's see what you got. He watches the best pitch go by, and then
2: Kimbrel throws one So far in the dirt to the left before the plate, and Stanton still swings. You knew right then, I don't have to throw a strike. Because if I throw a strike, Stanton may actually accidentally make contact, but I'm not going to throw a strike, and Stanton's going to strike out. And sure enough, that's what it was. Slider in the dirt again, and Stanton struck out. He was non-competitive. And this is why you can't say, well, $30 million for one guy, we're in the World Series. When the Yankees got, because think about Stanton's impact with the Yankees and what the fans think of him right now. He's a bust. He's a colossal bust. Because back when they got him, it was, and not just fans, but writers and pundits and experts, how is anybody going to compete with the Yankees? This loaded lineup. Aaron Judge, now you edge and Carlos Stanton. Who's going to bat where? How are you going to stop these Yankees? And for a while, it was like that. You got from May, June, July, and it was, my God, the Yankees scoring eight runs every single night, whether Aaron Judge is in the lineup or not, whoever's there, The only guy that wasn't hitting was Gary Sanchez. didn't matter. The Yankees were still scoring eight runs a night. It was, oh, my goodness, it's exactly what it's going to be. No one's going to be able to stop the Yankees. And then what happens? Giancarlo Stanton stops hitting. He's completely lost against the Red Sox. And not only in your first year with Giancarlo Stanton do you not win the AL East, you don't get out of the ALDS. This is why $30 million for one guy – is not going to buy you a championship. It's not. It's why you can't spend $30 million on one guy. It's really hard. It's why I advocate trading Clayton Kershaw. If he opts out in the offseason, it's okay. Not giving Bryce Harper $30 million because that doesn't work out. You still want to see him in a Met uniform, though. Uh, well, I know you look, do. The Mets aren't going to give him 30 million. I'm not going to waste my time on things that aren't going to happen. The Mets aren't going to give anybody $30 million. They <laughs> so no. don't want to give anybody $3 million.
3: Well, wow, they're, they're working on a deal that would pay him, uh, well, forever. Uh, they but They can't
2: even get a GM who wants to interview for the job. The first two guys no, I talked to and said, no, 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 we're good where no, we are. No, they had enough. We, yeah, yeah, they, they had enough. Well,
3: because every deal they had to do, uh, we're getting some money back. you got to at least throw uh, a couple hundred grand in so we can uh, make it look good. Uh, but you go back, what is it, 2009, the Yankees under Girardi. Is that that the last team that money bought? Yeah, Right, when, when we're talking about... Mm. World Series champions after that, Giants, Cardinals, Giants, Red Sox in 13. Mm. I guess you, you you always look at the Red Sox because we look at spenders, right? We're looking at the, the big spending teams, and we we'll always remember that the Cubs spent a lot of money, even when they were terrible. They just spent it on guys who were names and were probably one or two years beyond what they did. But then you look at the Giants again, the Royals, certainly not. The Cubs. All young guys, yes, a couple of high-priced guys to round things out, but certainly more their nucleus coming up through their the draft and and their farm system, and then last year's Astros, the what arrived two three years early, depending on which source or which baseball pundit you looked at, and now you look at this year, uh, there are no surprises here. There you got big payrolls still rolling up, and the the Astros looking to repeat so. You know, you go back to 2009, and obviously this offseason, we've got multiple big-time free agents. The Kershaw question and how salty was he over having to pitch game two in the DS. But now he gets back on normal rest, normal rotation, back to the league championship series, and obviously all that he means to Los Angeles. But for the Yankees, now you've got your high-priced, stars going forward how do you round out that pitching staff because you certainly need to rework that rotation
2: but, but here's the thing you know you mentioned the 2009 yankee team that bought a championship the yankees bought one player this year i mean they bought one guy they bought stanton for 30 a million a lot of money yep. that yankees team was sabathia Tashera, johnny damon hideki matsui rod I mean, these are the guys they bought. A.J. Burnett, These they, they bought a lot of players. They didn't just buy one. No, guy. right. They no, it was a, a shopping spree. Absolutely. Yeah. And what buying players does is it buys you contention. It won't buy you a championship. That's the biggest misconception people have. You can buy a championship. No, you can buy contention. You can buy a team that's going to win a lot of games, maybe make the playoffs, but every five or seven-game series is its own thing. And if your guy doesn't hit for four or five games, which clearly can happen because that's how baseball goes, you can't say that's going to win a championship. And Stanton. Now the Yankees are thinking. I guarantee you, every Yankee fan is going. Now we're giving Stanton thirty million dollars a year for the next ten years. Oh my God, this is the worst. How thing quickly in
3: the world. it turns, right? Everybody One else series. in baseball
2: is happy. Ah, oh, the Yankees are paying him all that money. And now it's, hey, we're giving Stanton thirty million dollars for the next ten years. Oh my God, this is going to be awful because he's already written his legacy. This is what it is, barring him leading the Yankees to a World Series title like Alex Rodriguez because Stanton's kind of now the new A-Rod. We're right. paying him all this money. We're expecting this. A-Rod never really failed as much as the Mitchell report and his situation with PED's disappointed Yankee fans. But he finally won. And in 2009, it always forgiven. Hey, look, A-Rod won a World Series, and he played really well during the playoffs. Right. Stanton's got to hope that happens for him or it's going to be Giancarlo Stanton. Everybody's gonna, The next word is going to be a curse word out of everybody's mouth because that's where he is, right or wrong, that's where he is right now. Well, that's
3: where the big contract leads. And it, you know, your one man does not a team make. You look at his series that he just had, right? We mentioned four of eighteen for the series. Four of the strikeouts came in that opener. Just two strikeouts, his final final thirteen at bats in the series. So he did put the ball in play, which is something, well, out of out of the ordinary for him, <laughs> but putting into play making outs. But the couple of at-bats that really define the series, it, it you're looking squarely at him. So for those that don't want to go dig deeper and go after Aaron Boone, you're going to look at the guy with the high price tag and the multiple commas. That's usually the guy that's going to get the most uh, of the derision.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific.
2: Well, I hate to say I told you so about Odo Beckham Jr., but I sort of told you so. The controversy raging from Odell Beckham Jr.'s interview with ESPN that aired Sunday morning before the Giants' loss to the Carolina Panthers continues to rage. New news today about this story, and things don't get any better for the Giants. But if you remember, it was things like this, Odell Beckham Jr. said, taking on the Giants, criticizing Eli Manning, the offense that caused a big stir. Let's hear from Odell.
4: I want to win. I want to be great at what I do. I feel like I could score a touchdown in the first half, touchdown in the second half. Honestly, I feel like I can score every quarter if, I if, win. I, if I'm given a chance. But it's not the case. So I said, "Oh my God, I need to get two touchdowns a game. 100 yards is a minimum. Like I, my goals are set very, very high. And if I don't get to help attribute to a team's win or do anything like that, I'm not gonna be okay with it, money or no money. Like I'm just not gonna be okay with that."
2: Yeah. Okay. Uh, He went on to say he doesn't know what the problems are. Is it Eli Manning? I don't know. We should be doing this. We should be doing more. And these statements lit the Giants afire. They had to deal with this because this broke all throughout the game to the Panthers, which they lose on a 63-yard field goal by Graham Gano. And then Pat Shermer opens up his press conference after the game and really does not want any questions about Odell Beckham. Let's talk football, not drama. I don't want it. I don't want I don't want to talk about this. He sounded really emotional, almost like he was going to cry. And the Giants are struggling to say the least. It comes out today that this interview that Odell did with ESPN was not set up through the Giants. It was Odell's people set this up for him to be interviewed. Now this is not the only time this happens. Sometimes you see big stars go outside of their team to set up interviews, but this is something that aired before the game and the Giants were taken by surprise by it. Jay Glazer reported earlier today that Fr- that Pat Shermer was extremely upset and livid with Odell Beckham Jr. for taking all this stuff out and airing their dirty laundry.
3: All the stuff that the media was talking about, anyway. This is yeah, this is nothing.
2: <laughs> but this is Odell Beckham. Yeah. Now doing exactly what I said was going to happen. You give him money, he's not going to change. Right, he straightened up for four weeks. Oh, Odell, what a great citizen he's being! Let's give him this big contract extension. The Yankees give the Yankees, the Giants give him money. You paid him because he performed. And the, Hal Stein just Ernie like gave the money. Yankees. That's right. You give him money, and now look what happened. You're three weeks, four weeks into the season, and here he is doing an interview that torches the entire team, and doesn't go through the team for it. And now you have a controversy abound in the locker room because Odell Beckham Jr. just cares about himself. I told you. I warned you. This is what was going to happen. You bought in for three weeks, and he's been playing uneven on the field. It's not like you've been getting incredible all-pro production from him. He had a good game Sunday. He also biffed a punt. No, that, that, punt, gave, that punt
3: return was That gave the, the
2: Panthers a touchdown, and that's, that's the difference in the game right there. He's been very uneven. He's not scoring touchdowns. He's catching passes. But this is it. This is who he is. For over a year I said, you give him money. It's not going to go well. And sure enough, you're not a quarter of the way through the season and here he is doing interviews basically saying he doesn't know why the team is struggling. Maybe it's Eli's fault. Maybe it's not. This is who he is. Yeah, you know what? Congratulations Giants. I couldn't have warned you enough. This is who you wind up with. So you can't say, oh no, 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 no. I didn't know. No, You knew exactly this is who he was. You gave him money anyway. You enabled him and now There's no reason for him to be quiet. You paid him. You paid him, and now he's going to do stuff like this all the time. He'll push Eli Manning out. He doesn't
3: care. I I will say this. team now. Right, talking about whether he wants to be in New York or not. Well, he'd rather be in L.A. Would probably be the only other place, because where else are you going to get the type of promotional push that you will in New York? Yeah, like is he
2: trying to to. I got paid. Now I want to trade? No, really. No, this this, this is where people
3: are paying attention to. No, the bigger thing is he's just looking to be Odell Beckham Jr. And he's saying what anybody that's watched this team for 15 seconds knows exactly what's going on. Hell, they released a a guy they drafted number nine overall in the 2015 draft Eric Flowers, he of the leg whip. They they finally got rid of him. So he becomes the first sacrificial lamb uh, on this train wreck of the first five weeks of the 2018 season. But Odell Beckham Jr. isn't saying anything that that shouldn't be said. He's he's speaking truth. Whether he needs Lil Wayne sitting next to him or not, the, the Giants did a good job of pumping in the Lil Wayne at practice today. I thought that was a nice touch along the way. But when when you get down to it, yeah, should this stuff have been behind closed doors? I sure as hell hope it has been. Because if it hasn't been, then Pat Shermer's not doing his job. If he's not asking the questions and trying to figure out solutions, you know he wants to get all mad and indignant with reporters. Like, forget that. What's wrong with your house? You you wanted to bet on Eli Manning. It was your call to bet on Eli Manning, mm-hmm. and you know what? You bet wrong. But here, but here's no, and I, I agree. You could have went with Geno Smith. But you could have done Sam that. Sam Darnold. Sam. But, Sam. But, Sam. But no, but, the, no, po- but, you're,
2: the, you're, but the, the point about Odell Beckham Jr. is this: It's not that Odell Beckham is a guy who is every day driving a, a rod between the Giants and the front office. But with all the stuff the Giants are dealing with, they're trying to deal with underachieving, trying to deal with breaking in a new head coach, a new offense, a new weapon in Saquon Barkley, a new team. Maybe we segue from Eli Manning. Now they have to also deal with the knucklehead stuff that Odell Beckham brings that they don't need to deal with. And ah, This is a knucklehead, He's been doing though. that for the longer. You know how pissed Pat Shermer was this is going on? The Giants are pissed. I'm sure you don't have that. you has got to say, dude, what the hell are you doing, man? We're trying to win games here. I know you got paid and you
3: don't care. No, no, no. It, We're trying to win games. Someone's got to be a leader. It may not be the perfect leader. It may be, not be the perfect message place. But someone needed to say it. Someone needed to call it what it was. You really don't think the Giants know that Eli Manning stinks
2: and they blew it? They've known this for months, but they decided, nope, we're going to have to ride this out for the season and then make a move for a quarterback and hope people don't jump up and down. No, but
3: Eli Manning's not the only problem they have. They built a a shoddy team, and you've got a coach that's got blinders It's your
2: first year, and they're trying to figure out a new culture. This is new everything with the Giants. And here's Odell Beckham. Nope, I'm going to get right in the middle here and, and just continue to cause things to go haywire. I mean, that that's, they're trying to create a new culture. And and Odell Beckham's like, nope, yeah, no. Eli stinks. This is bad. This is bad. That's who he is. It's just who he is. He's just a truth teller, buddy.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
2: Joining us now on the hotline, no one better, Fox Sports 1 MLB Network inside of John Paul Morosian. JP, we'll get to Stanton, we'll get to Aaron Boone, we'll get to all of that. But I can't get enough of Steve Pierce's stretch right there. I mean, this was a bad throw that could easily could have wound up down the left field line. Not only does he get a glove on it, he stays on the bag and makes a replay. Yeah, pretty easy call.
4: Final out of the game. Well, amazing. And uh, to me, it is one of the great defensive plays in Red Sox postseason history. How do I know that? Well, beating the Yankees in the playoffs is a pretty big deal if you're the Boston Red Sox, and that play, to your point, saved the series, at least saved it for tonight, because you're exactly right. If that ball gets by him, and Hale Reynolds made this point just a moment ago on MLB Network Television as well, if that ball gets down the line, the game's over and the Yankees win. There's no question about that. Uh, they're running around the bases and the game is over. So that, that is within an inch, an inch. Of being an entirely different outcome right now, so I think it's important to remember that, as you point out that that a lot of the analysis of what happened or didn't happen is going to be based on that inch yeah. and so I, I think it doesn't it doesn't make uh, uh, the Red Sox the greatest team ever, or the Yankees the worst team ever, but that one inch decided everything and, and everything now, tonight and tomorrow, and for the days that follow and the months that follow about what the Yankees must do uh, will, be, will be because of that inch uh, as a result of their off-season planning. So I uh, would credit the Red Sox. I think they were the better team in this series. Um, Kimbrell, his 12th postseason appearance, his very first postseason series clinching save, So uh, that was a big moment for him. Certainly looks shaky with the command. We'll see how uh, maybe the Astros can uh, exploit that potentially in the next round.
3: Yeah, JP, I mean the, first off, the game of inches. We would have been robbed of a great moment because Void had already been pinch run for. Because seeing him <laughs> motoring around the bases would have been one of the great <laughs> postseason moments of our, uh, our memory. But with Kimbrel, why wouldn't you just get some Barry Bonds body armor and just go up there waiting to get hit by a pitch or just stand there with your bat on your shoulder?
4: Well, it's <laughs> It's a great question, but to me, I've always said in the playoffs it's easier said than done because I have seen so many times when and how many times have we watched even this postseason the final out of an inning is a slider that's in the dirt and they swing at it on a 3-2 and two count when it's ball four. It's just the pitches have such action on them now that I give the hitters the benefit of the doubt. But to the other question... Uh, that, that, that Jason asked, too, about Steve Pierce. One item of trivia I love about him, actually, two things I'll mention. Number one, I and mean, here's a guy that was acquired as a platoon hitter who never really has had a defensive position, and yet it's his defensive play that wins the series. And also, he is the first player since Kelly Johnson to have played for all five American League East teams. So we talked yesterday about Brock Holt's postseason cycle, Steve Pierce has hit for the AL East cycle <laughs> because he has played for all five teams. Again, that that's the hero. I mean, it's a pretty unique story for him, and uh, what a great uh, ending for the Boston Red Sox.
2: All right, we'll get to Jaron Carlos Stanton in a second, but if you're the Red Sox, can you still go to Craig Kimbrell in the ninth inning? I mean, really, can, can you still do that,
4: J.P., in the ALCS? Well, I don't think you have a choice, at least the first time. Now – it's a valid question, and I, I'm glad you asked it, because we have seen last year a team negotiate rather brilliantly the playoffs uh, without having closers they could trust, and that team was the Houston Astros. Uh, when the, when Ken Giles fell out of favor uh, pretty quickly uh, early in the postseason, the Astros adjusted. And that, 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 to me, still, we'll, we'll be talking about baseball for a long time. What A.J. Hinch did last year, is still one of the great managerial jobs ever. When you cannot trust your closer, beginning in the second round, you find a way to win the World Series. It is remarkable what he did. And so does Alex Cora, who, by the way, was A.J. Hinge's bench coach last year, does he have to do the same thing now? I, I'm not willing to go there quite yet, but I'm thinking about it. because, And, and I'm preparing contingencies, and this is a team – Collectively, we talk about the Red Sox and, and you think about them as a team with a lot of and experience, and certainly they have it now as a result of this one series. But notably, this is their first ALCS appearance since t- 2013, and only two guys, Xander Bogarts and Brandon Workman, appeared in this division series that also played in that uh, 13 ALCS against the Tigers. So they don't have a ton of experience at this level of the playoffs together, and, and maybe some of that will show up in the bullpen if Kimbrell cannot come out with a very strong first appearance whenever that happens in the ALCS.
3: Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon, coming to you from the Geico Studios. On the hotline with us, our buddy, MLB Network, Fox Sports, NHL Network, right? Because hockey's fired up again. Our buddy. Puck,
4: baby. I, will, I usually really meaningfully dial into the NHL uh, after – Baseball playoffs are done. So November is sort of my hockey kickoff. But I'm, I'm paying a little, a little bit of attention. Also pointing out that earlier, as we talked on, our, on Fox Sports Radio with Chris and Rob, I, 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 Drew Brees, I, top five quarterback all time, maybe. I, I'm giving it some serious thought. I'm working that take. I'm giving it some serious thought.
3: We'll work on that hot take. We'll get a podcast together. Follow him on Twitter at it. John Morosi. Leave hey, the H by off. By the time he starts John getting Marossi. hockey,
2: the Carolina Hurricanes may have first place in the East clinch. I mean, it could happen. Look what you're doing. Where well, aren't
4: they? Yeah, we have. Well, a- the question is when William <laughs> Nylander is going to sign for the Leafs. But I digress. So there you go. go hey,
3: I, I had another question there uh, somewhere along. Like, uh, Chris Sale could just fight with Cora and want to be the closer even after starting a game. Uh, but when we look at the this. Series to come. We've got the belly aching a little bit of the the Astros about no uh, prime time games, but right. certainly the the hunger's still there. Is one of those rare cases where you, where you look at a team that looks eager to the challenge and and with the bullpen potential questions for the Red Sox, uh, eager to get this thing going.
4: Yeah, and, and I I think still, Mike, dear question, I, I would give the edge to Houston in this series and. Uh, I, I just I love the way they play, the, the tenacity they have, one through nine. Um, yes, I think the Red Sox pitching staff is, is, is in a little bit better shape now than it was a year ago when they met in the division series. However, if you think about it, questions still persist over Price, and questions mm-hmm. still persist over Kimbrell. And I, I feel like I know a little more about what I'm going to get from Houston. Based on what I've seen in the division series, uh, the, the power and Springer shows up again. Bregman, um, he he was an MVP candidate for a reason, and I know and I love what he said about hey we should have more primetime games. That's great. I love that. I love that attitude, um, and certainly he'll get them now. I mean he's back on the big stage. ALCS, a lot of primetime games right now for the balance of the playoffs, and I think uh, it's a team that has won a lot together. But to your point. I think it's healthy to have that, whether, whether it's manufactured or not, um, that, that belief that, hey, we're being disrespected somehow. We're the defending World Series champions, but we're playing in the daytime. We're still the underdogs. Everybody's talking about the Red Sox and Yankees. I think it's probably healthy for them. It keeps an element of this pretty fresh. And saying that for them, that, that it really cements them as a great – an iconic team of this generation, if you win it back-to-back, we haven't seen that since the dynastic Yankees from a standpoint of consecutive World Series. That's a very special thing to do. So I think if, if the Astros can find a way to do that, it really stamps them in a special way, in a way that, to, to Alex Bregman's point, uh, no one can take that away from them if they do it.
2: All right, JP, I'm going to say something and I want to get your reaction to agree or disagree. You ready?
4: Yes. All right.
2: The ninth inning, Craig Kimbrel struggling mightily gin carlos stanton he strikes out his at-bat was completely non-competitive yankee fans will judge him by that at-bat solely until he redeems himself at some point in the playoffs down the line which may never happen
4: yes or no i agree with a lot of that i do um and and it's not always fair and, and again if if so if, if Sanchez's fly ball carries three extra feet and they win, does it make, does it make Stanton a better player or, or any less culpable for the at-bat? Um, it, it's, it's always funny how how the game turns on these small things. But I would agree with you that Giancarlo, to me, seemed a little jumpy in that at-bat. And, and over four today, he strains three runners, certainly in the, in that, with that big strikeout uh, probably being the, the at-bat we're always going to remember. I don't think Carlos Beltran taking strike three from Wainwright in 06 defined his career. You
2: know, why do you got to bring that up?
4: <laughs> well, well, about Why you bring that but, up? Here, but, I, I'll so take you took I, the figurative. I, I I'll use the no, actual no, I, I, In all seriousness, uh, that, that, was, that was a that – I was making a thematic point as opposed <laughs> to a low blow. We, we've, we've had enough cheap fun at the expense of the Mets during the course of the year. I didn't need to go there again. But uh, the, the point is that, that Beltran, in the years since then, his success diluted what happened in 06. And of course he goes out as a world series champion. I think for Stanton, the first year as a Yankee can be a challenge. I don't think this year have to define him. It doesn't, but for that to be the case for him to take away, um, those, those whispers or the criticism, he does have to bounce back next year in a meaningful way. And I think have calmer at bats in those moments. It's it, Remember for Stanton, it's an important context here. This is not just his first postseason as a Yankee. This is his first postseason, period. The only other time in his career that he has had this atmosphere was playing for our country in the World Baseball Classic, which he did quite well, by the way, I think in 2017. So uh, I agree there has to be some adjustment for Giancarlo. We need to see some more power from him. I think you look at what's, uh, what's happened there. No extra base hits for him in the, in the entire series. So that has to change. I agree with that, um, and, and I do think his legacy, this is now part of it, this is Chapter 1, it is up to him to write a very different narrative in Chapter 2.
3: Lastly for you, J.P., real quick, just the way they go out, right, the final two games, you've got zero home runs, and I know you, you saw Sanchez Cadillacing it down to first as if that was going to sail out, but only three walks the final two games. Uh, do they have to look uh, a little bit of change in the formula? I know we've had the three outcome. Has been the story of 2018, but is this an example of why you might need to push that back a bit?
4: Maybe uh, that's a fair question. I think you look at two the the. You know, the starting lineup, of course, Andrew Hart bats, uh, you know, he bats seventh yesterday. And then, of course, the, the big decision about what he's going to do today, uh, made by Aaron Boone, he doesn't even start at all. It's Neil Walker uh, batting sixth for, for the Yankees to play in third base. So I think that was maybe an admission to your point that they have to make a, a different uh, approach or take a different approach, rather, for next year. And now the question is going to come, guys. It's a very fair one. Manny Machado, Bryce Harper. The The, the good part about the free agent market this winter is, You've got some pretty motivated teams that that do make some sense for the likes of those high-profile players. Cubs, Yankees, we'll see what direction the Giants take. Uh, The Cardinals miss the playoffs. So for people like me, guys, who want to talk about baseball from now until the beginning of April, um, a a needy and eager Yankees team uh, is a gift. So uh, that'll be a fun thing to discuss here in the coming months.
2: Follow me on Twitter, at John Morosi. That is at John Morosi FS1, MLB Network, insider extraordinaire. JP, as always, appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon.
4: My pleasure, guys. The hot take's coming on uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, and anything else you need when we next visit next week, my friend. See you, brother.
0: (laughs) There goes John Paul. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. From BBC Radio 4.
1: work.